Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shiur. Lil Nishmas, Shimon Ben Yitzchok, Rosenbas Rachachana Vezra, Nisim Vezra, and Mashabas Yitzchok, this week, Tuvia Baruch Ben Shimshin Zyadzeit. Tomorrow is Tess Other, and everybody always affiliates in Chabad Tess Other with the day that Fidi Kalabi came to America. However, Tess Other was not Tess Other Rishon, it was Tess Other Shani. So, Billy Nether Metzhem, Tess Other Shani, we'll speak about it as we've spoken about it before. This week's Pasha is about the Titzave, known as Titzave. Veato and you. We've spoken about the concept of the Shlishi, the third party that actually dictates the Teda. The Kedusha higher than Ain't Safe that dictates the Tater, and therefore the Tater says, Vaidabra Shev Meshalema instead of Dibarti El Mesha, and it says, Mesha also hears from the Abishta, and Mesha refers back to the Abishta, it doesn't say that I spoke to the Abishta, it says Mesha. Therefore, it needs to be a third party that describes and is inscribing. The Tera. Pashtitzave, though, takes a little different twist now. Once again, obviously referencing conversation between Akadosh Baruch and Moshe, but we find the reference to Moshe as Ve'ato. Instead of God, Hashem talking to Mesha, saying, the Pasha starts and the Pasha talks about Ve'ata Titzave. This is the connect. This is the conversation which Hakadosh Baruch Hu has with Mesha Rabbeinu. This is the commandment that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives to Mesha Rabbeinu, and he tells him Ve'ata Titzave, you are the one that should give this commandment. Now, in continuation almost to last week's Pasha, Truma, where we talked about, we learned about all the different vessels of the Besamekdash, of the Holy Temple, of the Mishkan, how they were made, what they were made of, etc. Focus now turns on the Kahanim, on the priests that worked in the Beis Hamikdash, they did all the service, they all brought all the sacrifices, etc. Now, every work sh- workplace has a uniform. Schools have uniforms. 
and you'll see a person work, walking in the street with a certain uniform from an, a company, you'll see either the logo or the name of the company, you know where he's from. When you see a boy or girl walking home from school, and they're wearing the school uniform, more or less you can tell where they're from. The Kehanim, in turn, as they came to serve HaKadosh Baruch they came to serve the Almighty in the Temple, in the Mishkan, or in the Mishkan, they too needed to have the uniform of the Kehanim. The Kehanim, the regular Kehanim, the Kehanim, Kehan Hejit, as it's called, which was all the Kahanim, exclusive of the one and only the Kayan Gadol, known as the High Priest, wore four garments. The Kayan Gadol, in turn, wore eight. Hopefully, by another, in the course of this year, we'll be able to explain some significance of some of the garments that were worn by the Kahanim and the Kahanim Gadol. The mainstay focus, of course, is Vyata Tetzave. This is the first Pasha, and only Pasha, since the birth of Moshe, that Moshe Abinu's name is not mentioned. Till Mishnah Teira, till Dvarim, which Dvarim, of course, as we know, is a re- repetition of the previous Svarim. And that was said by Moshe, so after all, he was talking. The Farshim, the Balaturim, at least, begins with. Meshe Rabbeinu's conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. when the Jews sinned by the golden calf, by the Chet Egel, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's reaction was he's going to destroy the Jewish nation. He's going to wipe them all out because that's what they deserve. They served idol worship right after hearing the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not have any other gods. And they jumped right on it, and they decided to serve another god. Therefore, Hagadosh <coughs> Baruch said that the nation will be destroyed. Moshe Rabbeinu, being a devoted leader and a true shepherd of the Jewish nation, <coughs> says Hagadosh Baruch if you will take away their sin, take. Good. Be mine, if you're not going to. Erase my name from the one that you have written. From the safer that you have written, the book you have written.
צדיק. When a tzaddik talks, and ultimately only as a lesson to us in our lives, every word is counted. Every word <coughs> has to have a purpose for it, an application for it, a message. There's no such thing as a frivolous conversation with a tzaddik. And there were times that Rebbe would say things to people that people thought were totally either funny or just not really sincere <laughs> or something that was not <clears throat> that much of a message. And if they were zecha, if they merited, they found out how every single word that Rebbe said was counted. And if they unfortunately were not, they walked around and said, Heh, so the Rebbe said it. Heh, the Rebbe screamed. He lost his temper. Huh? If the Rebbe screamed at me, the Rebbe screamed at me, so what? I made him lose his temper. A chassid that's truly devoted and dedicated to the Rebbe knows that every word every nuance, every look of the Rebbe turns worlds over. And therefore, the true Chassid values each and every word. Because the Tzaddik knows that every word that he says is counted and every word that he says has a meaning and has a purpose. And so too, any decree, any given bracha of the Rebbe's, I I would like to tell the story, but it's a little difficult because it has so many different um, shall we say uh, strands to it, or strains to it, or simply versions of it where the Rebbe gave somebody something or somebody got something from the Rebbe and the Rebbe wished them to have many children and although they themselves only were blessed with two children they used whatever it is the Rebbe gave them to help other people with fertility and according to the story, the way it goes, to date they have 180 children or something a plus. Um, people using whatever, the wine that ever gave for fertility. And they share it. They share it so that others should be blessed. And may the taka never be any kind of need for it, there should never be an akara in Israel. <coughs> should never be a woman, a barren woman <coughs> married barren woman amongst the Jewish nation here Moshe says though even though it was a condition if you forgive the Jews then leave me alone, I'm out, I'm good 
all fine. If you don't know, he threatens God, take my name out. Since he even mentioned that, it made a relation, it made an impression. And therefore, Kaddish Baruch Hu accepted Moshe's words, his sacrifice, his devotion, his dedication to Am Yisrael. And although he does not erase Moshe's name entirely, and although he does forgive the Jews, and therefore the condition stipulation technically is over with, but since Moshe Rabbeinu mentioned it, his name is taken out of not the entire Torah, but rather one Pasha. You go digging why Dafka Tetzave, one I said about a zillion times probably, because and the proper dicta could be erase my name of the one that you've written not asher where does the word asher come in which you have it's not it's a superfluous word and therefore there are those, those commentaries that say asher is a numerical value of 501 and so too is the word the word Tetzave is going to be 501 and therefore it's this Pasha that was chosen as the decree fell upon this Pasha itself we know and there's no ifs, ands and buts about it Torah was the most important and valuable thing in Moshe's eyes his whole essence was Torah. And it's called Torah Sebeshe. So anyone that has any kind of common sense knows it's clear and sh- clear cut as we say. Meshe Although he was so part of, and his whole essence was the Teda, this would be his entire everything. And yet, Mesha was ready to be Mavatar having his name in the Teda, ready to bow out. This is all Moshe. Teres Moshe. How would Moshe all of a sudden want his name not to be affiliated with Chasashom and Teres? This is true until this comes to Am Yisrael. The Jewish nation. There's a Rashi in Chumash Devarim in Chumash Bamidbar, I'm sorry. Chapter 21, verse 21. Meisha Yisrael, Yisrael he Meisha. Meisha is the Jews, and the Jews are Meisha. Simple reference to the fact that Meisha was totally dedicated, devoted, unconditionally loving of the Jewish nation. And therefore, when the nation 
as it was, was standing in danger, Moshe did not hesitate for a moment to go to the most valuable, to give up his most valuable asset, the Teda, and take his name out of it. As long as the Jews are not Shalom affected, the Jews are not Shalom hurt. This shows us very, very clearly how deep and how thorough was Meisha's connection with the Jewish nation. I mean, truth to be told, all the honesty, all the respect, he could have stepped aside. The sit. Sin was more severe than anything you could think of. I mean, you go serve idol worship after just getting the Ten Commandments in which the Abisha says, Thou shalt not serve idols. <coughs> It's obvious that that's pretty steep. That's scooping down, going pretty low. You're denying literally everything you just saw on Mount Sinai. And you're not just denying it, you're going and standing up against it, and you're revolting against it. With this golden calf. Secondly, Mesha generally <coughs> was not with the nation when this happened. He was still in the mountain. And God says to him, go down and go quickly your nation has already sinned. And yet in all, still in all, Moshe said and begged for his own life and for his, those of the Jewish nation. Begged that they be forgiven. So much so, that he let know that Hakadosh Baruch will not forgive. He was willing to go out of the terror, to give up everything that he has in the terror. Moshe, as if he said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if the tailor does not have the capacity to forgive, and therefore cannot forgive on the Chet Eagle,
and does not have room for that, I don't want part of it. I want my name out. I want a person to be able to be forgiven. No matter how deep. And this is how deep his rooted, how deeply rooted and connected he was with the Jewish nation. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as connected as HaKadosh Baruch Hu was with Moshe, the connection between Moshe and B'nai Yisrael, and the Tera. Saw here that the Jewish nation was severing their connection with the Tera, with thereby with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Therefore, this Messias Nefesh of Moshe brought about actually the forgiveness of the Jewish nation. And therefore, when you can, when Moshe brings up this connection, this deep connection between Akash Baruch and Am Yisrael, even above Teira, although we know that as it says, Tlas. There are three knots that are tied one with the other. The Jews, Hagarj Baruch and the Tera, and they are intertwined one with the other. <coughs> this knot, this connection, had to bring about the actual kapara, the actual forgiveness of the sin of the eagle. And from here we learn the Avas Yisrael. This love, <coughs> someone who did the most severe of sins, they sinned with the Chet Eagle. Shichei says, Amcha, Kaddish Baruch tells him, the total destruction, totally destroyed. They did things that are beyond understanding, beyond grasp. Something that, a sin that is as grave as it can get. <clears throat> Yet the love. Welcome, Georgia. Yet the love that Akash Baruch Hu has <clears throat> through Tera brings about kapara and forgiveness. And this is also how the Avis Yisrael brings this about as well. Meshur Rabbeinu was willing to give up everything for the nation. This is the greatness of a Nasi. Not just a Nasi, but the first Nasi of the Eden, the first leader of the Eden. And all the Siyam thereafter of every generation follow suit with just that. A name is only something that's given to a person by their parents. Although there is a deeper meaning to it, and every name is given with a special Lacha Kedish, <coughs> a name is only there 
for the zulas. The name is only there so that it can be con- there can be connection with another person. If a person doesn't call another person, has a way to call another person, another way to contact, reach out to another person, then there's just ahems and excuse me's and uh, zugna and kimna. So the name, in essence, really is made only for the zulas, for the other person to know, to be able to get the attention of a person. But yet, Meisha doesn't say, take me out of the table. He says, Mechenina, take my name out. Also, the Tzavah is a Pasha, which finds itself always in this around the time of Zion Adir. This year being Zion Adir Rishen. And there is a Shakla Vitaya that Meshach died in Adir Rishen. So therefore another reason that the Tzava is has the name Meshach Taken out, although Mazayinah is also his birth date. We don't understand really what that means. What does that have to do? Zayin other, since it's also his birth date, why are we doing it because of his yard site? Therefore, it says, Kedai hu yim haleda. That it's it's fitting, befitting that the day of a birth, Skimara in the Blue State, perhaps Marcus, from the Bar Aleph talks about the whole concept here of his birth, of his yard site. Put on Yaakov. <coughs> Sorry, interrupting the conversation between myself. Um, <coughs> we spoke about this concept as well recently the forgiving of the birth. For the death, so therefore we want to know what is the reason for leaving out his name, if it's so special the fact that he was born. This comes with the Medrash. The Medrash tells us on the decree of Haman. If you can score Haman, Sechtes Megillah, Yud Gimel Amid Beis, thirteen side two. The decree of Haman. He chose the month of other. He figured this is a bad month for the Jews because this is the muzzle is not good here since Mesha being passed away. He obviously was oblivious to the fact that Mesha was born this day in this day as well. And therefore it's Daka Adrab, it's a month that is Gaber, it strengthens, it's Mazole Gaber. And therefore, the muzzle of the Eden are even stronger. So, that's the case. If it's Meshavina's birthday, 
Mele, if you only talked about his Yahzeit, okay, so you're erasing his name because it's a sad time, but if it's his birthday, it's a good time, it's such a great time, so he makes the Mazal he gave her. Why erase his name from here? Let's understand deeper a little bit this whole concept of not having worship in his name in the Pasha. It doesn't chasishon um, cast a weakness or cast a doubt or a bad shadow even on Rishi Rabbeinu. The opposite. It actually elevates him. Because now we're not talking about Meisha. When we say Meisha, you're limiting, you're limiting him to the name Meisha, which actually is an Egyptian name given by the daughter, daughter of Pari. And in general, as we said before, the name is only there for Azulas, for other people to be able to refer to you. But the essence of a person is their Neshama. Now the Neshama responds to that name, because that's what's given, or it could have a source to it, the uh, Maila. But generally, a name, as it may be, as we said, refers to the person. Maisha, that's Maisha. Chaim, that's Chaim. Who is that person? What is that person? The essence of that person. Pasha Tetzava takes not Moshe, takes his essence. It's higher than name. And as we said before, therefore it starts Ve'ato Tetzava. Ve'ato is showing you, you. It's referring to you, your whole essence. Therefore, this is the simple explanation. The taking out, or the erasing of Mesha's name is Dafka to show how great he is. Although it's Tedus Mesha, the Tedus is called Tedus Mesha. And Mesha got the Tedus, received the Tedus from Sinai. He was willing still and all to totally take out as long as the Jews were not affected and hurt. His Mesidus Nefesh from his soul, as we said before, is higher than his name. This is the true essence of Mishnah. And this is therefore why the day closest to his birthday. Happy birthday, Moshe Rabbeinu. Zion, other, is celebrated by the fact that he totally gave himself up for the Jewish nation. And when the Pasha therefore says, Hashem and Zion Take to you this pure oil, totally drained. For what? For lighting. 
oil, shemen, is a hint higher than, than we could possibly reach and achieve. Even through Messiah's nefesh. Sorry, that we reach through Messiah's nefesh. We only get to this beautiful level of the oil being this way only when it's kosis. Kosis is practically squashed. If you give me a score at home, it's Gimana Menachis, and then Gimel of Aleph. Amid Beis, I'm sorry, it's Bottom of Beis. Gimel of Bottom of Amid Beis, the second side, talks about the concept of Kosis, how a person has to be totally squeezed out. Through his mysterious Nefesh Meshavina came to this discussion, this, this true connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Amitzrael. And so much so that the, the mere fact that he was born in this month turns the month over to a month that we are totally the Kamazel of Yisrael is Gever and the Schusa Turning over the Gazetas Haman makes Chag Hapura. Let us try to discuss a little bit about the garments of Ghana. There was a Chayshin and there was an Eifrit. Amongst the eight garments that the King God had to wear, where? there was an apron. And there was a breastplate. This, of course, as we know, had a tremendous, tremendous connection and connotation to prophecy. When the B'nai Yisrael had a question to ask, had a doubt to ask, this is obviously before writing to the Rebbe and getting an answer to his Kedish. In those days, they would settle to go to ask from HaKadosh Baruch Hu Godel wearing the Urim Tumim and they received clear clear answers I do hope someone picked up on that sarcasm and doesn't think that I really mean that although I do believe that Baruch Hashem you write to the Rebbe and the Rebbe gives you answers and the Rebbe gives clear answers to those that the Rebbe wants to and the Rebbe gives clear answers to those who don't want to hear it and see it, but they don't necessarily understand that the Rebbe gave them a clear answer. So, the fact is, though, the Rebbe does answer, and the, you can write to the Rebbe, you can send a letter to the oil, you can have a bracha given to you from the Rebbe. And we need to understand that, we need to remember that, we need to dedicate, to de- devote ourselves as we kusharim, connected to the Rebbe. That if we have a question, if we have a doubt, we ask the Rebbe without any hesitation. And here they asked the Urim Vitumim. You went to the Urim Vitumim and you presented your question to the Kayin Godel. And the Kayin Godel asked this 
Tum HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And on the Yudim Tumim was the entire olive base. And the letters would light up. And the person would receive their answer. There were unfortunately Kahanim Gedalim that were not fit for this. And they would do everything as a Kayyadal officially, except for the Urimitum. If you keep your score at home with the Gemara and Yuma, Ayn Gimel Omid Bez, 73 side 2. Yuma, of course, talking about Yuma Kapurim. Tells us, Kol Kayyadish, Ayn Midaber Vurah Hakadish, Shkina Shayla Love, Ayn Shayla Any Kayyad that the Ruach Hakadish, the Spirit, the Godly Spirit, and the Shekhinah, not rest upon them. You don't ask them any questions for this. So how did this Kayin get an answer from the Rumatum? Had any Kayin, I'm sorry, get those who could, those who fit, how did they get answers? So as we said, there's different opinions between different sages. Abyechanan says, Beltis. And they said the letters would they were sticking out, and therefore they would light up. And the King God would understand the answer. The Shlokish says, Mitztarfis. That he would see different letters light up, and he would put together. And we see by Chana when she was davening for a child and Eli Akain did not know what was wrong with her he just heard her, saw her talking but not, not hearing any words he asked the Urimitum the Urimitum came up with the letters Chav Shin Reish Hei Chav Shin Reish Hei which meant Kshera, she's Kasher however Eli felt that he had to scramble the words and he thought it was Shikeda that she was drunk and therefore asked her how long you're going to keep sitting like this and drinking, imbibing, coming to the temple. So we want to know, was the actual thing a physical or a spiritual concept that the letters lit up? And here also we have different different opinions. Rashi says, it was physical. King Godel saw with his own eyes Mamish. The Rambam The seeing of the letters, Beltis, Starfis, was in Maranavua, it was a prophecy, in a way of prophecy. In that case, the Cheshin was only an intermediary. And it helped awaken the Navua and the Kaingodl.
So the Cheshun and the Eifoid, were garments of the Kingol alone. But the garment itself was in a way that it helped the prophecy on others as well. And this is what the Rambam says. We found in the words of the Nevi'im that the Kahanim had this tied around them, this Eifet Bad. This was not Kahanim Gedelim. This was an Eifet, this is another apron that was tied also around the Bnei Hanavim, the prophets. And anyone that was fit to it and had the spirit of Ruach HaKedish rest upon them, and therefore, let them know, they were able to let know that this came from the King Gadol, that he spoke according to the Eifat and the Cheshen, Ruch HaKedish. Which means to say that the wearing of the, the, the garbing, no, the donning of these garments, the Eifat, brought about also the prophets that were able to serve Hashem, just like the Kengal will serve the Kajbar. However, the Rambam uses Higiazel the Mailas Kengal. They reach to the high levels of the Kengal. The truth of the matter is, though, the Mailase of the Novi to the Maila from the Mailas Kengal, that the Novi's, the Prophet's greatness, sometimes was even higher. And this we see the fact that the Stipulations that had to come about to a Navi that were not asked of the Kayyadal. And therefore, this shows the greatness of the prophets. And we find this in the same thing with the service of the Kayyadal himself, who tied with the Cheshun and the Ephraim. He was bound with this, and the big days of the other gold garments. However, the Navim had only a simple linen garment showing a much higher level than the golden one and that's for, therefore the King Godel when he went to serve in the base in the Kedish Kedashim on Yim Kippur he took off the gold and he only wore the regular linen so here we see that the Nevuas and Nevi'im that they wore their Eifet Bad was even greater than the Kain Gadol, who wore the gold. So we could say though, as Yiratzin made be sheniski v'karov lekiyim ayir, there should be zeicha immediately to the ultimate nevuah of Eshbech Hasruchi, a kol baser v'nivu b'neichem and eseichem. I will pour my spirit upon each and every creation. And they all will say prophecy: the children, the boys, the girls, just like I'm Yisrael. You Nevi'im will all be prophets and the time of the Ula Amitis Vashlima may it be hap- may it happen today. Amen Amen Kenyhiratsan. As we said the Kangodal wore eight garments. 
And the Torah warns him. A very interesting warning. Firstly, Venishma Kedish, his sound should be heard when he comes into the Kedish. So first of all, He cannot work in without these eight garments. Secondly, he had to have the three, Cheshen, Ephed, and Me'il, when he went into the Kedish. The Me'il had a, was a, a robe, and on it were little bells. The Kayin Godel was the Shliach and the Bakayach of Amisrael. His tafkid was to bind together the Jewish nation with the Kodesh Baruch And we find this connection two different ways. There's a connection that's done through the Aveda of Am Yisrael, the way they serve the Kodesh Baruch by keeping Torah mitzvahs. And then there's a connection their essence a Jew, a child of a Jewish parents, being a Jewish child, either a child or a servant of a Baruch. These two levels come to the way the commandment here comes about by the, the garments of the Kayin Gadol. The garments of the Kayin, or the Kahuna, each one of them had to be done in order to fulfill the service of the Kayin Gadol. And the Torah therefore warns that he should not come into the Kedesh with missing any one of these garments. Even if he's not doing anything, he's just going in there. The Torah warns very severely, For these are garments that symbolize the etzim connection between the Jew and HaKadosh Baruch What was the Cheshen? It had twelve stones, and it had to be constantly by the heart of the Aaron. And there there was engraved all the names of the Shvatim, the Shifta Yudke, the children of Yaakov. And therefore this showed the highest level of possible connection between Yidin and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for it is engraved. The lowest of the Ephod, there were also stones, and the names of the Shvatim as well engraved. But this is not by his heart. It's on his shoulders. The back of his shoulders. Telling us that all different types even are going according against the Sahara. This is Avedis Hashem from Achur, from behind. And then the lowest was the little bells on the bottom. And Chazal tell us they were empty. Reikonim Shebach, I'm sorry, the most empty ones of you. Sigmar, if you keep your score at home, Erev and Yutesim Aleph. 
most empty of the Jews are filled like a pomegranate. And this is what the Me'il signified, the Reikonim. And therefore he could not come into the Kedish if he was not wearing this. All three. He had to put on the Me'il, tying and binding together all three types of Jews. doesn't matter what level a Jew is at one always needs to remember that this is a Jew and therefore he is connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. he's a chelik and a kabim is part of God himself but the question becomes what is Venishma Kailam what kind of noise is he hearing that he has to hear when he goes into the Kedish Nishma Kailam, it says, to hear the voice, to hear the sound. The Vayal HaKadosh, when he comes to the Kadesh, and if he doesn't, he is put to death. But he says, in order that he shouldn't die, this is the way that, the wording here, even that he shouldn't die. Generally, HaKadosh Baruch says, Hashem. doesn't come with great noise and sounds and pump and stands. Matteros is different. Rather, called the Mama Daka Yishama. Very fine, soft tone. If that's the case, why do we want here there should be noise? Why is the person should come in, the bells should be ringing, and if the bells don't ring, it's a stipulation. They should ring in order that you shouldn't die. How would he die if he didn't have the bells ringing? We do mitzvahs. We're supposed to do them ba'adinut, edelheit. Quiet to yourself. However, if we didn't have era, we need to do tshuva with our full, full fervor, head on. And when a person is doing tshuva, they're running away from the Aveda that they had. They're frightened from that Aveda. And they run with fear and they scream and yell as they run. And therefore, although the Kayangadla, as we said before, had these different garments... And each one represented the different levels of the Yidin, of the higher levels and of the lower levels, etc. Tells us the Teda that the lowest of the levels, the Yidin that were running to do Tshuva, did this as noisily as possible. The noise representing the Balchuva running away from his Avedis. Without that noise, Chasashon, a person could bring about the worst of worst. And therefore it's Dafka with that noise, that fright, that screaming, that yelling, that we are running away with fear and trepidation from the Avedas. Those bells that are ringing represent the Aveda of the person that Akhmar al-Islam 
has gone through or been through, and therefore the person is running for his life. And it's those bills also, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that if you don't have the entire cloud Yisrael in mind, not just the Tzadikim, not just the Tzadikim, not just the Nevi'im, even Rahman al-Islam, those who did Avedis, but they're now trying to do Tshuva, and they're running and screaming and running away from the Avedis. That noise, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I want to hear, and without it, there's no tater. There's no anything. You can't come into the Mizbeh in English. You can't come in to serve. Because Chasashalim, you're causing death in Akhman of Islam. Because you're, you're separating yourself or separating this part of Kali Yisrael. This week is also Vav Adir, as we know, and it's a miss, not to mention Rav Shmayo Garari, and we've spoken about many times and my personal stories with him, etc. And I guess you'd have to listen to the archives to get those. But Rishmael Grari was the biggest Makusha the Rebbe had. The person was the most connected to the Rebbe. There was no Chosid greater than he. And although he too was a son-in-law by the previous Rebbe, he still in all saw to it that the Rebbe was Rebbe, and he was merely a Chassid. May we be Zeicha. Kitzurano Sheikh Neyafar, who Beseicham, and we as Chassidim will all go together with the Rebbe, and with Sheikh Tzidkenu, to the Gula Mitzvah Shnei Amin Kenyirotz in this Shabbos, Shabbat, Shalom.